Welcome into the New Orleans Saints podcast for Monday, January 18th, following the Saints loss in the divisional round playoffs uh, round to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 30 to 20. I'm Caroline Gonzalez, joined by my co-host and NewOrleansSaints.com senior writer John DeShazer. And our guest today is ESPN's Mike Triplett. Mike, thanks for joining us. Uh, glad to be here. Sorry. Uh, it feels like it's a couple weeks early to, for a season autopsy, though, doesn't it? I know. Well, not season autopsy. Let's just do game autopsy. Let's just start out with uh, with um, Sunday's game. Obviously, Breeze versus Brady, the playoff matchup that everyone was waiting for. We were all waiting for it since March of last year when Tom Brady decided that he was going to come to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But unfortunately, the Saints give up, uh, you know, 21 points off of turnovers and end up uh, falling once again in the playoffs. Mike, we'll start with you. Can you point to one reason or a uh, several reasons maybe um, for the offensive woes for the Saints yesterday? Not exactly. Um, I, I mean, I don't know why it was such a struggle. Obviously, the Bucks were playing great defense. I, I know I was on the radio the other day saying Devin White is a guy we haven't talked about yet in the previous matchup and, and the combination of White and David at, at linebacker, and they obviously made their presence felt. Uh, or I mean, White did on that big play to Alvin Kamara. But, I mean, they made it tough for the Saints, and it just felt like another one of those games where the Saints were going to have to be patient, grind it out. They were so close to going ahead by 10 points or 14 points in the third quarter. Um and, and it's, a, it's just a style of offense, unfortunately, too many times this year that required the Saints to be close to perfect. And it's so easy to say, oh, it's just the turnovers because they struggled beyond the turnovers. But they could have scratched and clawed their way to a victory. Uh, you know, they could have just as easily won this one 27-20 if they don't turn it over a couple of times. Uh, that's the kind of grinded out game they were playing. J.D., anything else to add to that? Yeah, I mean, as good as the defense played yesterday, and I thought the defense played well enough to win, but there's no law that says the defense has to give up a touchdown on the short field. <laughs> you know, now the, the three-yard touchdown pass, hey, that one's kind of academic. You almost say, okay, that one's, that one's going. But, right. the two, I mean, yeah, it was short field, 40 yards and 20 yards, but there's no law that says the defense has to give up a touchdown. You can give up a field goal there and still put yourself – uh, in pretty good shape to win a game. And, you know, so so that part of it, you know, when Cam Jordan says, hey, we put it on the defense, that's what he's talking about when he says that kind of thing. But offensively, you know, Mike hit, hit the nail on the head, man. They weren't explosive offensively, and, and they just needed to be pretty close to pristine in order to win a game. And then you get in the playoffs, and, and you're not clean offensively, and you turn it over. That's a recipe uh, for for elimination pretty much. And it seemed like the Bucks defense were pretty much able to take Michael Thomas out of the game. Do you think that was, uh, Mike, more so the offensive rhythm or lack thereof between Drew Brees and Michael Thomas that they haven't really been able to develop through the season? Or was that just exceptional defense and game planning by the Bucks? Well, it's probably more the defense and the game planning than Drew Brees and Michael Thomas now being able to find a rhythm. But, um, you know, Carlton Davis has been a good matchup against Michael Thomas because he's a physical corner. That helps. You pay a lot of attention to him with zone and you give him help. And the Saints were going other directions. I mean, 
Emmanuel Sanders and Traquan Smith both got open for a lot of plays early in that game because of the attention they were paying to Michael Thomas. Uh, Thomas might have caught that TV pass um, uh, when you look at it frame by frame on uh, slow motion, but that was close. Drew tried to force it to him uh, on the first interception uh, when, when actually the advice probably should have been don't throw it to Michael Thomas on that play. So it's tough. I mean, I don't know if it was a, a failing of, of Drew or a failing of Michael Thomas. You have to think those two have to find a way to overcome uh, no matter how good a defense is playing. You can't have zero catches or, you know, to your best receiver. But, you know, normally what the Saints do is don't force it and make you pay for paying that much attention to a receiver. And, and instead, it, it, you know, they actually did try to force it and that hurt them. I can't help but think how different the game would have been if, you know, that Michael Thomas touchdown would have been called and if the Deontay Harris, um, you know, return wasn't called back. I think we're looking at a significantly different game. But, J.D., you and I were talking in our postgame show about um, that Jared Cook fumble kind of being the turning point of the game. Do you still look at that as kind of the the shift in the momentum for the Saints yesterday? Yeah, it was huge, Flip. And, and you hate to blame it on a play yeah. in a game when there's so many – so many plays so you know it, it but that singular play kind of stands out just because they were already up seven 20 to 13 at the time and he catches it uh he's on the move and, and you feel like worst case scenario the Saints might come out of that with the field goal uh, best case they get a touchdown if they you know either one they go up two scores uh if they're able to cash in on that one uh, but Tampa Bay is able to you know Antoine Winfield they strip it they pick it up run it back to the Saints 40 they get a short field touchdown and instead of 23 to 13 or, you know, 27, 13, suddenly it's 20 apiece and Tampa Bay's probably feeling a whole lot better about itself than it would have been uh, had it gone the other way. So, you know, from, from, from my standpoint, it seemed like that was a huge, huge play. Now, you know, Mike mentioned the, the interception on the pass attempt for Thomas and that, you know, that gave Tampa Bay pretty much gave a touchdown away <laughs> essentially uh, but after the Saints had kind of retaken momentum, I thought that one was huge because it looked like they were driving in for possibly, you know, to put a put a big nail in the coffin and and, and that one let them off the hook. Mike, anything to add? Well, I, I mean, it's probably a tie between those two turnovers. The uh, uh, the first one where, yeah, Tampa Bay gets to set up at the three-yard line. I mean, that's, you know, obviously a huge momentum swing early in the game. And then the uh, – the Cook one, I mean, just to think that they would have gone up by 10 late in the third quarter, if not 14, you have to point to that one. But, uh, I mean, the story, if the if those things don't happen, the story is the Saints survived that game, quote-unquote, and you're saying this wasn't Breeze's best playoff performance, but he outlasted Tom Brady. I think I already had that sentence written. You know, like, that's how we would have described the game. It's The Saints never dictated this game. They were never in control of this game. But if they avoid those two mistakes, they probably fight their way out of this game. Mike certainly did have that sentence written. I was just reading his story over his shoulder the entire time <laughs> in the press box. <laughs> well, fellas, certain um, unnamed reporters on certain unnamed national news networks have been questioning this morning why the Saints didn't get Alvin Kamara involved more. Uh, 18 carries for 85 yards. Mike, I'll start with you. What's your response to Kamara's utilization yesterday? Uh, that wasn't high on my list uh of th- i mean i i wouldn't have thought that i mean obviously the michael thomas question is a big one but yeah um 
Kamara ran the ball more and more effectively than I actually thought he would uh, against the number one run defense in the NFL. I mean, especially when they lost Taysom Hill and Latavius Murray, I wondered if the Saints were were almost going to just abandon the run completely and make this a throwing game. Uh, but they stayed pretty committed to it and and gave it a fighting chance. Now, I'll say the one time during the game where that probably stood out for people, they had the Saints really had that great drive on their touchdown drive in the third quarter that was set up by a lot of effective run plays. They were really running the ball well. They got that touchdown. And then the next drive, they didn't run as well. And they were in, you know, third and long or whatever. And then, you know, the pass to Jared, Jared Cook and the fumble. So I think in that moment, it probably felt like, boy, they should have just kept running the ball and doing exactly what they did on their previous touchdown drive. But it's easier said than done. I mean, the Buccaneers two years in a row had the number one run defense in the NFL. So the, the, the success they had against the run game, I did not ever think. You could just run the ball all night against Tampa Bay. Right. And, and J.D., what say you? I mean, the argument is being made that he should have gotten 25 touches yesterday. I mean, what's your response to that? Yeah. Well, the, the response is when you lose, there's a whole lot of nitpicking to go on. I all mean, right. that's just the way it is. So, you know, 18 touches, 18 rushes for 85 yards is probably on the pace of where the Saints like to keep Alvin Kamara. Um, they don't like to overutilize him. Uh, even last week against the Bears, I think he got up to 23 carries on in that one. But, you know, still, you know, that's probably around the touch count where they want him. And, and again, you know, if you don't win the game, then there's always questions, you know, this guy couldn't cover. Uh, this guy didn't touch it enough. Uh, you know, why didn't they draw up plays to make sure this guy got open and, and, you know, fail to realize that the other team, you know, actually gets paid to try to stop you from time to time. So, you know, I, I, that's one of those things. The hindsight is always there after you, if you don't win a game for, for a team like the Saints or any, uh, any team for that matter. So, you know, from my standpoint, I, I, I'm with Mike. I thought he, I, that was not on my list of concerns after the game, I didn't, you know, I didn't come out of that game saying, man, why didn't they give it to Aaron Moore? I just, yeah, I, I didn't think that. I, I will say this, though. I mean, in defense of anyone who feels that way, from week one through week 19, Alvin Kamara was the biggest game changer on this team. No no offense to the defense. The defense was fantastic this year. But uh, if you could have given Kamara the ball 50 times a game, it was probably your best formula to win this year. No offensive player had nearly as much success as him. And and even last night, there was still that sense that uh, how many times did you watch a game and think, boy, it feels like Alvin's going to break one. And and I do understand the sentiment that like, man, we're punting again. Why didn't we just give it to Alvin three times? Because he might have done it by himself. Yeah. Um, well, JD, we'll start with you on this one and then and then go over to Mike. Um, like you said at the top of the show, you thought that the defense did enough to win. They were just put in really bad situations because of those turnovers. But looking at where the defense finished the season, where would you where say would you? the strengths and weaknesses uh, were for the defense? Well, I mean, I think front to back, they, they were pretty good. I think, um, you know, you, you saw some coverage issues at linebacker, I thought, yesterday that kind of, you know, stood out. And, and some of those seemed to dissipate with Quan Alexander. So, you know, I guess it remains to be seen how healthy he comes back or, and that kind of thing. But I thought for the most part, outside of the first, you know, four or five games, I thought defensively the Saints came up pretty, pretty solid the rest of the way. Um, you know, you did have the laps in Philly, and that was more run defense than anything. And Jalen Hurts just, you know, kept the defense on his heels that entire game. 
But otherwise, you know, I thought even when they lost to Kansas City, I thought they played pretty well considering they were on the, on the field for 90 plays. <laughs> you know, I just I just thought overall defensively, I think it was one of the Saints' better years, and I think it's something that they can hopefully build on. Now, yesterday, you know, you didn't hear Cam Jordan's name a whole lot. Mm. And uh, so that would, you know, kind of, you know, concern you some, but, you know, and you don't know what's going to happen with Trey Hendrickson. You know, he's an unrestricted free agent, but you do have Carl Grant, Carl Granderson to maybe take over there. But you know, again, I, I thought front to back, I thought they played pretty well this year. Mike. Yeah. I mean, if you want to put any blame on the defense yesterday, I, it's, it's pretty surprising that they didn't force any turnovers in the playoffs in two playoff games. Um, that's a lot to say you have to force turnovers when they were forcing a lot of punts and, and, and three and outs early. Um, they took that six, nothing lead because they weren't letting Tampa Bay have anything early. So that's why I think we all feel pretty good uh, about the defense came to play. Uh, but, but you know, the, the other two games against Tampa Bay, they sacked Tom Brady, Tom Brady, three times, Tam Brady, Tampa Brady, um, <laughs> They sacked him three times in each of those games. They forced a total of five interceptions combined in those first two games. And and did they end up with only one sack and, and no turnovers yesterday? So you, you could say, you know, they the, the offensive struggles means they were counting on the defense to provide that big play. But that's, that's putting a lot on their shoulders. I mean, uh, I, I think we thought this defense was good enough to get them to a Super Bowl if, uh, if everything was going right. Yeah. Well, this, um, this little nugget coming from ESPN Stats and Info, the Saints close out a four-year span where they won 49 regular season games. That's the most wins in a four-year span by a team that failed to reach a Super Bowl. Um, so, Mike, we'll go to you first. Where do the Saints go from here? And without doing a complete season autopsy, uh, like you said, uh, yeah. where, do, where do the Saints over the next few weeks go from here after you know so many reports of different pieces and, and people moving around? Well, I mean, unfortunately, this was a big Super Bowl or bust season for good reason. I mean, we all think there's a great chance Drew Brees is going to retire. Now, they do have good quarterback options in, in Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill, or maybe they'll consider something radical there. And the cupboard will not be bare because the reason that they have this tremendous salary cap burden coming down on them is because they have a ton of players that are worth a lot of money. Uh, Michael Thomas is worth his contract. Alvin Kamara is worth his contract. Cameron Jordan, Teron Armstead, soon Marshawn Lattimore and Ryan Ramchek, Demario Davis. I mean, the cupboard is not going to be bare. This team will still be a playoff contender, but you're not going to be able to keep, you know, two or three great players in addition to Drew are probably going to be gone um, next year. They're not going to be able to go out in free agency and add two or three pieces. So it becomes harder. I still think they're a playoff contender and, and maybe more if, if they get things going their way uh, and find the right answer at quarterback, but some huge, huge decisions facing this team. JD, what do you think we'll see over the next maybe two weeks? Yeah, I mean, you know, you, you decompress if you're the Saints and now you got to put a value on who you think you can hold on to and, and, um, and who you think you can get by without because, you know, it happens every year in the NFL. There's always roster turnover. As Mike said, you know, when you're talking about, you know, salaries, those kind of things, now you got to be wise about who it is you want to keep and how you can maintain depth. Uh, that's why draft picks are always such valuable commodities because it's, you know, word it's, it's affordable labor um, as opposed to, you know, a player who costs you a whole lot more money. 
So, you know, they got to determine, you know, okay, we can get by without this guy. We can get by without this guy. You know, you know, we can't get by without this guy and we can't get by without him. So, you know, rosters, did, but, you know, some pretty big decisions, you know, coming along, you know, roster wise in, in terms of personnel. Well, regarding retirement, this is what Drew Brees had to say following the loss uh, on Sunday. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll answer this this question one time, and that is that I'm going to give myself an opportunity to uh, to you know, think about the season, think about a lot of things, just like I did last year, and um, make a decision. Next one's from Catherine Terrell. Hey, Drew. Um, if this does end up being your last season, was it was it worth it? Would you have any regrets about coming back? And if it was worth it, I guess what makes that decision worth it? I mean, it's just, it's so many hours and so much work. I, uh, I, would, I don't know how to sum that up better, sorry. I would, I would never regret it, never. Um, no complaints, no regrets. Um, man, I, I've always tried to play this game um, with a great respect and a great reverence for it. And, I mean, I, I, I appreciate all that this game has, has given to me. Um, there are obviously so many incredible memories, so many incredible relationships that have come as a result um, of playing this game. And man, you find out so much about yourself and you have to fight through so much, you know, when you play this game. And, and I'd say this season, I probably had to fight through more than I've ever had to in any other season in my career. Um, from injury to all the COVID stuff to just crazy circumstances, um, man, it was worth every moment of it, absolutely. Next one's from Jamarcus Fitzpatrick. Uh, Drew, a lot of us have already seen the video when you were running off the field and you, point, you pointed up at the stands and everything. In that moment, were you kind of just soaking in the moment of you know running off the field? Um, yeah, listen, I always soak in the moment and, you know, I'm looking up at my family and I'm blowing kisses to my wife and my daughter and, you know, fist bumping my, my boys. Um, yeah, I mean, they've become so much a part of this, and, you know, as, as, as my kids have gotten older and they're so invested in this as well. And so it makes, makes the moment special to be able to share it all together. Next one's from Sean Fazend. Uh, hey, Drew, just uh, I guess what kind of happened in a few of the turnovers today was just a simple matter of execution or kind of what went wrong there? Well, you know, a couple of them I probably shouldn't have thrown, um, you know, maybe forced it, forced it in there. Um, I think uh, we were a little, probably a little off on, on just the, on the overall execution you know, um, but I mean, yeah, at the end of the day, that's what this game came down to was those turnovers because all of those gave them the ball deep in our territory. And you can't do that with that offense. You know, they're too good and they're going to capitalize on that, which they did. So um, that was obviously the determining factor in this game. Next one's from Mike Triplett. Drew, is it possible that the result of this game or the result of this season could 
influence your decision on whether to play again or, or, or you have to make peace with the idea that you don't get to write the final chapter? No, uh, it is, this, this won't have anything to do with it. Next one's from Amy Just. Yeah, um, you watched uh, the Camara Sanders, Jameis to Traquan play from the sideline. What did you see from that? And uh, um, y'all put that in this week, right? Yeah. Yeah, um, man, great play, great execution. Um, Alvin seemed to draw a lot of attention. <laughs> and uh, that, that allowed Traquan to get uh, through the middle of the defense wide open. Jameis made a great throw, which uh, is a big time play. Next one's from Luke Johnson. It drew uh, specifically on those turnovers. That, that's it's been something that y'all have been so good at avoiding, uh, especially these last couple of years. Um, just how, how uncharacteristic was that for y'all tonight? I, I'd, I'd say it's pretty uncharacteristic because we all we, we preach, you know, playing winning football, and you turn the ball over uh, four times, um, so you're minus four total in the turnover. Uh, ratio, then that's that's not winning football, especially in the playoffs, especially against a team like that. Next one's from Jeff Duncan. Hey, uh, Drew, what will go in to your decision making on whether you come back or not? Uh, I'll keep that to myself right now. Yeah, I mean, it, it's hard to escape the the, the idea that um, he wasn't soaking it all in as if that was his last time on the field. I mean, the only reason I keep putting any qualifiers on it is because you know he said now for four years that he has treated every season like it'll be last his last I think he spent this entire year definitely expecting it to be his last and I think he spent all of last night saying all right if this is definitely it I'm going to soak in every single moment uh, I'm going to be out here as long as I can soaking in every single moment the only you know whether it's five percent or one percent or half a percent is he was planning to retire last offseason too, and 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 ultimately changed his mind. I mean, is there a, is there a three weeks from now? Man, I feel so good. I, I can't I can't walk away. But um, it you know it 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 really feels like uh, this is this is probably the end uh, um, if you're piecing all the signs together. All right. Well, JD, you and I will speak later in the week. Mike, we appreciate you com coming on to uh, do an autopsy of at least uh, Sunday's divisional round playoff game. Uh, appreciate your time. All right. Thank you. Well, I really wish I was playing stand up and get crunk for you all. Uh, but unfortunately, another playoff stinger for the Saints. Uh, still some stuff left on the table. That is for sure, as most of the players said following the game on Sunday. Well, we appreciate Mike Triplett's time. Uh, John DeShazer and I will try to keep you updated um, uh, once again throughout the week. Make sure you have that Saints app downloaded and notifications turned on. I'm sure John DeShazer will have more for you on NewOrleansSaints.com throughout the week. We'll have player interviews, player videos, coach interviews, coach videos, uh, everything that you need available on NewOrleansSaints.com and the Saints app. For Mike Triplett, John DeShazer, I'm Caroline Gonzalez. Thanks for listening to the Monday edition of the New Orleans Saints podcast. Presented by Sydney.